So hello and welcome to the Candidate Support Podcast brought to you by RICS. My name is Max Hatton and I am one of the Candidate Support Coordinators here at RICS. So hopefully you will have had interactions with our team, but as an overview, we design and deliver complimentary material to help support candidates progressing towards a designation. So today's podcast, we're going to focus on the value of networking. And to help us delve into this topic, I'm very pleased to welcome Matt Haynes and Andrew Outram, who are both MRICS designated and members of the RICS Matrix community. So they'll be joining us in the discussion of networking and giving us some very insightful observations and tips, I'm sure. Thank you both for joining us today, Matt and Andrew. Hi, Max. Hi, Max. Thanks for having me. Likewise. Thanks, both. Great to have you both here today. So, yeah, I thought we'd start off this session with just a quick introduction from you both. Then I have a few questions here I'll ask you. And hopefully this is going to give our listeners a chance to hear some perspective on the value of networks and networking. And this is going to be based on your experience as candidates who've recently gone through the APC. So uh, also as well as being members of the RACS Matrix community. So I'm going to hand it both over to you if you want to just give us a bit of an introduction, such as your pathway, when you qualified, what region you're based in. But yeah, over to you, Matthew. Okay, so I'm, I'm Matt Haynes. I'm a chartered quantity surveyor. I obtained my chartership in June of 2021. I'm the current chair of the RCS Matrix in Wales. That's great. And Andrew? Thanks, Max. So yeah, my name's Andrew Outram. I'm also a chartered quantity surveyor. I qualified in June 2020. So I was the first of the virtual candidates or one of the first batch in the virtual candidates. And I'm regional chair for Matrix for the East of England. Perfect. Now that's great. Thank you both. And it's great to have you both here today. So let's get started. Okay, so first question. So you're both involved with RICS Matrix. Can you explain for our listeners what Matrix is about and how did you get involved? Matthew, if we go to you first. So RSCS Matrix is generally known as the Young Professionals Networks. It was aimed at students, apprentices, trainees, uh, APC candidates, and those who have uh, newly qualified within the last 10 years. Yeah. And, and generally, the aim of Matrix is to provide support for APC candidates and candidates going through their APC, providing CPD training, and probably most importantly for today's podcast, uh, networking and interprofessional networking. Uh, amongst surveyors and other disciplines in the profession. So I got involved at the start of this year. Unfortunately, the previous committee in Wales had stepped down. I was given the the opportunity to to become a member of the committee, which then led to me to me chairing it. Oh, that's great. And you mentioned you're uh, based in South Wales as well. So I take it like the, the committee that you have done, is it quite big? Is it a small group or...? So there's currently nine of us and we're always looking to expand. The matrix model has changed recently where they've started to split matrix into regions. Yeah. So as it stands now, it's Wales as a region with one committee. So uh, we're exploring you know, potentials to get representation from mid, north and west of Wales as well in the future. That would be great. That would. And that's really good. Uh, I think you made some really good points there, Matt. And Andrew, uh, did you have anything to add on the question as well? I I think Matt's covered it all in terms of the purpose of Matrix and the networking for professionals coming through. I got involved way back in 2015, so I've been involved in Matrix for quite some time. I went onto the committee, then became chair for Suffolk, which has recently merged with Norfolk and Suffolk due to the engagement in the area. And then, yeah, through that and through involvement, I'm now regional chair for the East of England. So, I liaise with Norfolk and Suffolk, Cambridgeshire and Essex in terms of their matrix groups. So yeah, it's it stepped up a ladder. 
No, that's good to hear. I think both of you have come up with some, you know, really good uh, points there. And it's interesting as well to your experiences because obviously you're both based in different areas as well. So I'm sure the sort of challenges that you would have would differ. I mean, Wales itself, uh, South Wales, is, I'm sure wouldn't really have necessarily a large group. I myself am based in the West Midlands, so, you know, I can imagine there's a lot of people that around sort of like building that network. But both of yourself have faced those challenges being from areas where you might not see quite a large, you know, community of candidates and members are available to you. But uh, yeah, I think you've, you've come up with some really good points there. With the second question that I have in mind here, we, we do, of course, have an emphasis on supporting a candidate like academically and professionally to gain that knowledge, experience and competence when we expect them to succeed. So the benefits and advantages of peer networks are sometimes overlooked as that sort of vital support tool. So what do you see as a value networking and supporting individuals through their candidate journey? And what, what have you basically experienced with this? We should go with Matt first. So I think that networking, especially for an APC candidate, is, is vital to helping them pass their APC. I think firstly, by building up a network of sort of like-minded young surveyors on the same journey. Yeah. You can bounce off each other. You can create study groups with each other. Yeah. You can support each other throughout your APC journey and in terms of then moving forward the, the, the value is, is important in terms of networking because surveyors are it's a social career uh, networking is sort of one of the most important parts of the job you know you often see a lot of directors senior members of staff undertaking a lot of business development activities there's always things going on so for a candidate to start to build a network early it, it sort of sets then the path I think for their career in the future as well. Definitely. I think it's interesting what you mentioned about study groups as well, as I myself am from the candidate support team, so we do deal mainly with candidates. So what, what were your experiences with study groups? Like how, how did you come about them? How can candidates sort of find or create their own? What, what advice would you give? So similar to, to Andrew, I, I sat the digital route, so to speak. And so I knew that through matrix and other groups that there were other candidates who were also sitting their APC similar time to me so initially I just reached out to surveyors I worked with people I went to university with uh, and said how about we clash our heads let's create sort of a study group and that that started to grow then because through networking people know other people people yeah. know people with other strengths and and they start feeding into these groups you know and also it's the, the power of LinkedIn and social media we're a digital platform as well there's a rcs matrix group for example and, and people who post on that you know looking to reach out looking to join study groups it's, it's just dropping them a connection dropping a, a message and saying I, i'm actually running one i'll send you a link to our whatsapp group and then i'll get you on our our email circulation for our invites Definitely. I think it's important to point out as well at this time, we will have the links to the RACS Matrix community in the bio of this podcast as well. So listeners will be able to gain access to them. But I think that's you've made some really good points there, Matt. And I think it's really interesting as well, uh, the fact that you pass your APC during that sort of virtual period where we had COVID preventing a lot of face-to-face contact, which still sort of resonates with the candidate journey now. I mean, we are returning to face-to-face contact, but it is still a bit of a hybrid mix between virtual and face-to-face. But yeah, I think you definitely took, you you saw the advantage of the virtual platforms and you took advantage, joined that study group, got it together. So yeah, I think that's that's a really good point to make there. Andrew, do you have, um, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a very similar situation for yourself, isn't it? But anything that you'd like to add there? I, I think the big thing for me from an APC networking perspective is that not everybody's going to have other candidates within their organisations. And I think one of the most powerful things from an APC perspective 
is knowing other people that are going through the same thing at the same point that you are. You know, having someone else that uh, yeah. bounce points across or bounce ideas on or just discuss or just questions and answers that, you know, just give yourself those those revision points that you can have. So I think networking from a candidate perspective just gives you other options or other avenues to talk to or other people. For me, my experience was, you know, prior to submission in Suffolk, we set up a, an APC session. So we had an assessor who's regionally based came out and did a, a one size fits all presentation, you know, do's yeah. and don'ts, typical pitfalls, <laughs> the best way to write your competencies. And I, I learned so much from that. But yeah. when I sat there and organized it, I also saw that there were 35 other people in that room that learned from it. My counselor learned from those sessions. And then it just gave, that gave me that added confidence there that not only was I able to learn from others that were around me, I had other people that yeah. were within a support group as well. And then when it came down to my submission, so when I sat the day before, I was convinced I, was, I had been referred. In the evening then, I, I emailed the, um, John Birchall, who's a fantastic guy, used to be chair for Matrix in Suffolk. I emailed him and said, Look, I'm convinced I've been referred. You know, what happens next? And he was like, yeah, just don't worry about it. Forget about it. I'm sure you're absolutely fine. You're a great candidate. Yeah. You know, consider it tomorrow. And then the following day, when I got the notification and passed and posted about it, it was like, I told you, you had nothing to worry about. And it was just <laughs> that peace of mind that helped me sleep, I think, as well. So it's knowing the right people and knowing the people you can talk to and get that little bit of advice. For me, that was invaluable through my APC process. I completely agree there, Andrew. I feel like, as you mentioned as well, having those sort of nerves before receiving the result. I mean, we speak to a lot of candidates in our team that, you know, they're awaiting the result and they, it, it's one of the most nervous times of your life. I mean, me personally, of course, I've not been through it, but just having to wait for that information. Yeah. I can really imagine it's really daunting there. It, it was, it was the longest week of my career. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can imagine. No, um, I, I think that particularly as well, I think that candidates, well, we find this in our team anyway. A lot of them do sort of, particularly ones from smaller firms might see it as sort of like a solitary experience. They might not have that big support network there. Whereas if, if you're from a larger firm, of course, there's a lot of people that are around you. But going to these events, networking, you actually see there are plenty of people that are in the exact same position as you. And it helps you create those sort of relationships there. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I could definitely see the advantages there of that, Andrew. I think those are some really good points. So this moves us on to the next question. And I think this is great to ask both of you as you both passed during that sort of COVID era period where we, you know, of course, had that reduced face-to-face contact. But with COVID preventing face-to-face contacts, how did you manage to maintain those peer-to-peer networks? Like, do you have any sort of experiences you might have had, any sort of really real big challenges you faced over that sort of two and a half year period? Maybe not challenges. I'd probably say opportunities on, on the basis that, you know, digitally things are always moving forwards yeah you've got whatsapp you've got linkedin and you can really take advantage of that i think you made the point earlier uh max about students who are who are sort of starting their abc journeys now have probably spent the past two and a half years digitally anyway through their university lectures and things like that so i think it's taken advantage of it seen it as a bit of an opportunity to exchange emails to exchange numbers to stay in contact that way to to meet weekly fortnightly i don't know monthly yeah. via Teams, via Skype, via Zoom. It'd probably be greater attended by candidates as well, those who don't have to travel. So I, I think, yeah, in terms of maintaining it, it's just making sure you, you're in contact with the right people. Don't be afraid to reach out to 
other like-minded surveyors or, or even matrix to facilitate any of that and, and just take advantage of sort of a digital age of surveying yeah I, I completely agree that I think that was one of the main challenges that we really found at ROCS when we went from working in that office environment to working from home a lot of the events that we hosted uh, were face-to-face and just a complete drop but there's still there was still the want for it there of course you know a lot, a lot of it was CPD hours that our candidates needed so we, we worked very fast to sort of move on to that online platform and I can see it's been the same case with a lot of candidates such as yourself as you mentioned there you saw what platforms are available to you LinkedIn WhatsApp I think uh, Microsoft Teams as well had a huge explosion over like the last two and a half years. I think everyone's pretty much taken advantage of some sort of like, you know, webinar sort of system, et cetera. So yeah, I could definitely see the advantages there. I imagine it's going to be a very similar situation for yourself, Andrew, uh, having passed at the same time as well. Yeah, I think for me, obviously when I did my APC at that point, it was at the very start of COVID. So the re- restrictions came, everything was cancelled, everything was cancelled very quickly. And then it became a shift to everything being online. Now, I, I don't think, I wouldn't say that I had the, the vast amount of opportunities that I think then were rolled out for the later sessions because it was still quite reactive at, at the point for me. But further down the line, everything sort of became reactive. Every, you know, assessments became, you know, came on teams you know, as candidates sort of move on now, LinkedIn, I think, uh, as Matt said, is a is a very powerful tool now. Yeah, everybody's on it now. For for me now, I sit on the other side of the table as an assessor um, and a, as a counsellor, and people reach out to me and ask me, "Can I? You know, is there any chance that you can look over my submission, or I need a counsellor? Is there any way that you can help me?" And I think networking now online just gives you. There's more contacts out there. There's more people there. And there, there are always yeah. going to be people like myself, like Matt, like everybody within the Matrix community that are willing to help and want everybody to get through. You know, for, for us, I think the more successes we see, the better our profession uh, and the better, our, you know, Definitely. the more people that we get through Matrix and the more people we meet. Uh, and, you know, as, as Matt said, this is a, it's a social career. It's a social industry. And meeting those people at this point in your career, I think, is a really important thing. I completely agree. Uh, definitely on the topic of it being a social career and also about giving back to candidates as well. So you mentioned how you've had candidates reach out to you offering that support. You've supported candidates through networking. I think that that's really important for candidates to remember when they do become a member. If if they have, you know, had support from a lot of other candidates, maybe maybe a bit more so than others, whether they would like to give back to candidates as well and join, whether it's a mentor scheme or becoming a counsellor for a different candidate, those options are definitely available. And it'll only increase those sort of avenues for you to network. It's more, as you, as you mentioned, Andrew, it's more people for you to meet, more people for networking, etc. But yeah, I think you both made some really good points there. And I know that it would it was a very, very challenging two and a half years. I mean, not just for the profession, I guess, for the world. But yeah, I think that, the the way that the candidates members overcame that sort of lack of face-to-face contacts and so rapidly as well, I think was, yeah, brilliant. So moving on to the next question, if there are no local networks in place, what advice would you give candidates to build their support network? And I think this one's quite interesting for both of you because both of you come from regions that are sort of, you know, quite sparsely popular with, you know, fellow candidates, members, etc. So it'd be really interesting to get your uh, takes on this. So the, again, it, it goes back to if there's no local network in place, it's it's make it taking advantage of 
the Matrix LinkedIn group. I think there's over 10,000 people on there currently, and it, it continues to grow. If they need help in terms of support of building that network, they, they could post on that, see if there's other people in their position who, who live locally to them. Because, you know, you're not confided to the to the matrix committees that already exist. There is a pipeline to grow matrix as, as big as it can go. So if there's more than sort of one individual in one place, there's nothing stopping you from, from sort of clashing your heads together, creating your own committee. But beyond that, it's take advantage as well of what the RCS give you. I use an example of um, this good friend of mine now who comes from from Norwich, quite a, quite a small village outside of there, um, and he he had he had done a post on LinkedIn. He was desperate for some sort of APC support, some sort of study group, some way to build his network, and he he was quite brave. I think it's, you know it's quite a daunting thing to post to ten thousand people, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know he he took advantage of that. I reached out to him. You know, and as it stands right now, he's been able to sort of be interjected to several sort of study groups around the UK. He's built his network up oh, digitally brilliant. that way. He, he's got himself, you know, a fantastic counsellor. He's he's really ironed out his submission. He's, he's due to submit tomorrow, actually. Oh, fingers crossed for him. Well, exactly <laughs> that. So I think, you know, he, he's a perfect example of just, you know, just just posting there, just putting yourself out there. Yeah. And Andrew made the point earlier that I think everyone who is chartered, especially in matrix wants to support an abc candidate wants to help people come through and someone will pick up that message and and, and also the rcs mentor list is a fantastic place to start i think a lot of people don't know that it exists yeah but if they google it and they find the list you've got people's contact details where you can reach out and they can give you support they could give you yeah. that initial sort of network building point you in the right direction Definitely, I completely agree there, Matt. I think that that is a tool that a lot of candidates either fail to recognise exists or aren't too sure it is. As you mentioned, you can Google the mentor list. It is on the assessments hub page as well, where candidates can access uh, information about the assessment process, submission dates, etc. But yeah, really great tool for candidates that are struggling to maybe get that sort of support. But the counsellor might be unobtainable or potentially might be away, etc. So it's great as a second-hand line of support to get that advice from members on that list uh yeah completely agree with what you mentioned there though and i think andrew i'd be quite interested to hear your take on it being from a similar region as well uh, so how, how would you work in so yeah so from norfolk and suffolk perspective we have quite i'd say local bubbles of organizations in in terms of organizations for chartered affairs for groups of people that are around but i would say at this point if you don't know people look for events look for local events reach out to regional boards perhaps there will always be a go-between for matrix and the regional board and i think just having that that opportunity don't be afraid to sign up to something and just go along i think i think a lot of candidates probably will feel like that especially when it comes to posting as matt mentioned as well ten ten thousand people on linkedin group that that's quite a big audience and just knowing that people are there that will actually help you it's not no, nobody's looking there oh look at that person he's posted that let's all laugh at him no all oh, people are there they know the situation that you've been through they're willing to help you You just need to be willing yourself to ask for that uh, support and help but yeah i think um it's really interesting to get a perspective from both of you being from regions that don't necessarily have the sort of standard uh, support networks that candidates maybe in the west midlands or in london etc experience but i think both of you done fantastic uh, you know creating those networks and you've come up with some really good tips today for our listeners 
So I think on that note as well, we're coming to the end of today's podcast. Uh, just to sort of recap what we have gone over today. I think, as I mentioned uh, to our listeners, we will have links to the RSS Matrix community, uh, a few of the useful links available in the bio of this podcast. So definitely check them out. But as Matthew and Andrew have mentioned, with the the channels that you have for networking, there's various different forms that you have. So of course, you do have your face-to-face events, but also look at those virtual channels as well. LinkedIn, the RSS Matrix community, WhatsApp, look to create your own uh, if possible, but just look at all the avenues that are available to you there. Also, the benefits of networking, the very broad ranging. So we have heard of a few stories today of relationships developing on a sort of personal level rather than just professional through networking. So, you know, keep in touch with these like-minded individuals. You know, you probably find that you have a lot in common uh, with people that have chosen the sort of same profession as you. And it, it won't just necessarily stop on that professional level when you're networking. It could become a friendship. So yeah, definitely bear that in mind. Also, candidates, uh, members should consider signing up to their local uh, matrix networks. Also having a little look on LinkedIn as well, just see if there are any local groups that you could join or uh, study groups as well, see if there's anything that's running or potentially start your own if you are um, looking, if, if there are like-minded individuals around that need that support, definitely let's start your own study group there. And also don't forget that networking doesn't just stop uh, in candidacy it's only the start once you become a member that networking will change but go to those events branch out and meet new people hopefully you've taken away that if you do come across issues in networking you do have that support available and uh, both matt and andrew have highlighted earlier on today some of the great resources that our racist matrix have Uh, so yeah keep a check on the bio of the podcast for those links there also just one final note a huge uh, thank you to both Matt and Andrew for joining us today it's been an absolute pleasure having you here I do have one final question just before we do leave so uh, getting involved in networking can be daunting what advice would you offer those feeling nervous reaching that first event as I'm sure everyone would do what what would you do in that situation so for, for me personally if, if you are feeling nervous if you are potentially from a small organization where you don't have colleagues attending or you don't know of any of your close friends who are attending i think it's very important that you get to these events that you you sort of show your face i think that if if you are feeling a bit nervous or a bit anxious in advance of the event reach out to a member of the committee i know that myself and and all my committee members would be more than happy to meet you for a cup of coffee a week or a day or two before the event get to know each other even exchange numbers, meet up before the event. I think, you know, if, if you are feeling anxious, just overcome it. Just get yourself to these events because you you won't regret it. That's brilliant. Thank you, Matt. And Andrew? For me, I think you've got to remember, you're not going to be the only person in the room that's feeling that way. So Definitely. if you do go to these events and you're, you are feeling nervous, you know, don't be afraid to stand at the side. Matt, myself, you know, we will circle the room and find those people that are still on their own but also look for other people who are in the same position. If there are others stood, stood on their own, you know, someone on their phone and having to look through, you know, approach them because they're, they're probably going to be the ones that are feeling exactly the same way. So look for people who you think are, are in the same boat or just walk up and eavesdrop on a conversation. At some point, somebody <laughs> will grab you and draw you into it. Um, it's worked for me many times over the years, walking into a conversation that I have no no understanding of or no bearing being in. Um, but, you know, it works. And yeah, you, as Matt said, you won't regret it. That's brilliant. Now, thank you so much, both uh, Matt and Andrew. What a lovely way to end our chat today. The 
Candidate Support Team will be hosting regular podcasts around a variety of topics to support you on your journey to designation. We have some exciting guest speakers joining us along the way and keep a lookout for the next podcast from the Candidate Support Team. See you then.